special guest today. Great addition. Very excited for this one. The guy's coming in all the way from England. Uh, Mark Godbear, he's got a, a bare knuckle fighting champion. You know that's what I'm into right now. We've all been talking a lot about BKFC. This guy's coming over, ready to take U.S. by storm. Um, Mark, good to have you here, brother. Thank you. And and good good to speak with you guys, mate. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fanboy myself, Chris. So it's it's all good, <laughs> my own, mate. <laughs> that's cool. Love that's it. cool. Mark, uh, you know, a lot of the MMA fans, and we have you know an MMA based podcast. Remember you? You have a, a you know pretty extensive career. You fought at Bellator. You fought at UFC. Obviously, you did the international circuit stuff. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about how you left it, because the internet kind of says. That uh, you know, you, you kind of left because injuries, MMA and stuff. And uh, um, is that the case, or was there also some negotiating? Is it something that didn't treat you right? No, I, I, do you know what? Um, I've you know, I've I, I, I turned pro in 2009, and from 2009, I just really hit it hard. Um, I think it was just a case of uh. I kind of burnt myself out a little bit, you know. I spent so much time away from the family and stuff. So I kind of just burnt myself out a little bit. Um, and obviously, um, I, I was carrying a few injuries as well. Um, I could I could list off the injuries I've had, even even down to breaking my neck in the past, you know. Um, Damn, so, Jesus. Yeah, and then uh, and then I think it was just hard on my body, and then and 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 Chris will probably know know himself as well. You get to the point where you start umming and ahhing, and and you know as soon as you get to that point in your career where you start umming and ahhing, should I give up? Shall I not? Shall I not? You're, you, it's almost like your head isn't in the game, and if your head isn't in the game, then you can almost see your career start to tip downhill a little bit. Then you know, and I felt like that's the way I was going. So it wasn't. It was a bit of a rash decision when I said I'm going to retire. It was more so I probably just needed a break, you know, some time out. I spent a lot of time away training in Thailand and stuff. Like many years, you know, over the last five or six years, I've probably spent over half of it in different wow. countries training and stuff, you know. So um, I think it was just more of a, rather than retiring, it was more of a reset. I needed to step away from it, um, refine my head, find the love for it again, find the passion. And then, um, yeah, brown knuckle boxing turned up. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I was going to get to. You know, I've noticed that. Now you, you bring it up. So with Chris, too, it's like bare knuckle boxing. I, I've known Chris for 20 years when he was young and coming up and, 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 I saw that spark, that fire, when he talks about bare-knuckle boxing. It's got the blood, the adrenaline going again. And it seems to have that same effect with you. Is it something that's – why is it attractive to former MMA? 100%. <laughs> it, um, it reignited me again, you know. Um, it was just something new, something fresh. And the way it sort of exploded onto the scene. Um, and also as well, you know, without sounding too much of an ass – <laughs> um, I grew up on I grew up on a rough estate, you know, and a lot of us fighters did, you know, a lot of us fighters grew up on rough, you call it ghettos, and we call it estates over here, like council estates and stuff, you know, and 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 it was a case of you had to fight to fucking, otherwise you you end up at the bottom of the pecking order and get bullied, you know. So when the bare boxing come about, it I don't, it just sort of it flicked the switch in my head because it was like. It was like my past, but controlled this time, you know. It was something I've always grown up with, you know, fighting and and with no gloves on and stuff. So uh, it's, it's hard to talk about it without me sounding a bit of an ass, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> no, no. It may, I mean, it, it makes it sense. Just, yeah, it, it, come, it come about and it, it was... Um, it was funny because I started MMA. I didn't walk into a gym whatsoever until I was 25 years old. Wow. So when I was 25, wow. I walked into gym, never, never done boxing, never done jujitsu, never done anything before in my life. And and I kind of had to um, get into the gym. It was one or two choices for me. It was either get into the gym and 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 put all of my negative energy into something positive, or um, I was only going one way, and that was prison. You know, you know. <laughs> so in a way, martial arts saved me. I was I was always fighting. <laughs> I was always, you know, always scrapping. I broke my hands many a times, not much 
in pro fighting neither. So that just goes to show a bit about my past, you know. And um, like the, the fighting sort of saved me, you know. It was like it really did save me. It gave me discipline. Uh, one of the main things it did do professional fighting was it it taught me that I wasn't invincible. <laughs> I can oh, remember. Yeah. I can remember um, when I first started my career. I went up to a, a gym called Calbon up in Liverpool. Um, at Darren Till's gym, basically. And at the time, there was a lightweight there. He was about six foot two, skinny as anything. And like, you know, I'm like a heavyweight. And, he, and this guy goes, I oh, do you want to spar him? I said, yeah, no problem. He dropped me three times in five minute rounds. And then I found out who it was afterwards. It was Terry Etten. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's his a... new tie was fucking sick. He <laughs> and, and I think for, that was the big wake-up call for me. It was like, right, so this is <laughs> so, what these guys can do so, to you. You either get your head into this full-time, get a knuckle down, or you walk away from this now. And that was like a deciding point for me, you know, getting my ass handed to me by a little lightweight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was humbling for sure. Yeah. So before before we uh, let the uh, other guys uncork and we get into real yeah. bare knuckle boxing talk, let, let me ask you: Have you shut the door on it? And you, you now maybe said retirement. Maybe it was a strong word. Have, have you shut the door on UFC, or or did they shut the door on you? Because sometimes they can no. be rough. But you're a heavyweight. No, That's marketable. You could be back if if, if things work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So so the, the, like I wasn't actually cut from the UFC. So I was two and two in the UFC. I wasn't cut from the UFC. Um, but I, my, at the time, I know I had a lot of personal shit going on, you know, with my ex-wife splitting out, stuff like that. And, and I kind of just said to my manager, like I, I, my, like I said before, this was, my head wasn't in the right place. And anyone that knows, that's, that's a fighter, knows that this fight game, if your head ain't right, yeah. you may as well not fight. Because like yeah. this, this is 80% mental, 20% of 100%. it. 100%. 80% of it is the mental game. And my head wasn't right. I had a lot of personal issues. So I actually asked my manager, I said, look, get get me out of the UFC. It's not fair that I keep training for these fights. And then my head ain't right and I can't fight. And that is said, if one, it isn't fair on me. Two, it ain't fair on my opponents. Get me out of the UFC. My head isn't. So, and that's how I left it sort of thing. But, um, and a lot of people said to me, oh my God, Mark, you've, uh, you've spent like 12 years, 10, 12 years of your life to get to that point. What the hell are you doing? And I was just like, at the time, obviously with all the stuff that's gone on in my head, it was just the right thing to do. And and it kind of was at the time because off of the back of that, I took some time out, I had some family time, and then I, I've had numerous opportunities and, and my career's gone a completely of a different direction now. So it was almost like it it was like a reset, you know? So took a step back, had a reset, and <clears> now now I'm sort of I'm doing all right in other fields now. So it's, it's well, Mark, you recently signed to BKFC, which is regards yeah. to the world's premier bare knuckle, you know, boxing uh, organization. Yeah. Now, you also said you grew up in a rough area. Did yeah. you ever fight in the hay in the hay bales? No, but um, not so much the hay bales, so to speak. But I am sort of involved in that sort of promotion. So there's a promotion. Nice called Spartan in uh, the UK. And uh, they're branching out now. They're starting to do uh, shows all over the UK. So I am actually a part of the Southwest branch of the UK of Spartan, which is proper old school fisticuffs in hay bales. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, I like yeah, that. So, uh, yeah, I like that. In fact, uh, I, I hope to travel to Europe just to go see that in person eventually. Okay, so BKFC. Initially, you're... Your first fight in bare knuckle was BKB in Europe, where you fought Mickey Parker. Yeah. In that fight, I, I was surprised at how measured and relaxed you were as compared to, like, other people's debuts that have got combat sports yeah. experience. Like, you weren't running full speed, you know, like a bull no. into a china shop. Where does that come from? Okay, yes. Yeah, so, um, obviously, this was it. The, the bare knuckle boxing, this, that was my first ever bare knuckle boxing fight. So even though I was experienced in the fight world, I, you know, I fought all sorts of styles. I fought Muay Thai, kickboxing, K1. You know, I fought MMA, boxing as well. But I never fought bare knuckle boxing. So for me, it was like, 
um, it was like testing the water. So I knew I could beat Mickey, but I also knew Mickey Parker is a very tough guy. With no disrespect to Mickey. No, he's, he's similar tough. sort of to like um, a Beltran, really. He's sort of like, um, he's not the most technical guy, but he were, he, he, he's just there and he's got to be there to the end. You know, he's got a head like a rock. You know what I mean? He's one of those kind of guys. So um, I, 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 going into that fight, I, I said to my to my coach, let's let's box this guy. All we need to do is just keep it simple: jab, jab, cross, jab, jab, cross, and uh, that's that's sort of what we did, um, and that's exactly what I did. But one thing I did learn, obviously, because it was my first bare knuckle fight, was you don't get paid for overtime in that game. And <laughs> my face was literally like a fucking tomato when I finished. My head was like. I think I fractured my overall, my um, my nose was broke. And I was just like, after I had that fight, I was like, I'm not getting paid for overtime for this shit. I'm going in there to do a dive. Every time I go in to do better knuckle now, it's going to be do or die because, you know, at least if I get knocked out, I'm only going to have one lump on my face. If I stay there the whole five rounds, I'm going to end up with a fucking head like a tomato. And I ain't, I ain't got the best looks as it is. <laughs> now, now, at the time, yeah, at the time, that was the only like recognized title available <clears throat> in yes. your first fight was for the world title. So you actually yeah. won that title, but you never fought a second time for that. You never no, defended. No, I never fought for um, BKB again. No. no. Is there is there a reason behind that? <laughs> oh, do I just <laughs> say it? Just I say mean, it. You know I'm just gonna say it. I, I've. I think I'm pretty much known for saying it how it is. I don't beat around the bush because the promoters, Joe and Jim, are a pair of absolute fucking dickheads and I wouldn't I wouldn't never fight for guys like that again, you know? Yeah, I thought it was strange because, like, I've seen some of the social media interactions and they're taunting you. It's like, I mean, yeah. I think between the two of them, they weigh 200 pounds total. And <laughs> you, got, you got a guy that clearly has some issues with uh, violence because he enjoys it so much. And you got the little dog toying with the pit bull. I've yeah, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah, do you run, into, think, do you run um, into him at all? Do I run into him? No, but I will say this: um, they better not hope that I do bump into him one day, because they're not. You know, sometimes I don't know. I don't know where to go with this because you know I'm a professional athlete. You know what I mean? But at the same time. We're professional athletes, but like, you know, when you poke a dog, it's only so long a dog can be poked before it's bite, before it bites, you know. And these guys are rubbing up a lot of people the wrong way. Um, you know, there's there's numerous top fighters now that have got the same opinion as what I've got, and um, and I think their attitude that they, you know, let's be fair, they've got the potential to be. One of the front biggest Huge. front runners in the world Huge. with with bare knuckle boxing, because between between let's let's be fair, let's but like BKFC and BKB in the UK is probably the two biggest front runners in the world right now, you know. Yeah. But um, I think what's stopping them from expanding is their own egos. Their own egos is stopping their brand from expanding because they think the promoters think that they're bigger than the fighters, and that's where they go wrong because. Uh, you know, people need to remember it's the fighters that make the promotion, make the fights, make this, make that. And if you start treating your fighters like shit and like talking to them like they're dogs and winding them up all over social media, like like, like basically like children, then it, it ain't going to be. I always say, say this. the fight, One thing I've learned over the years, the fight world you can say it like that, the fight world, but the actual fight world itself, once you get to a certain level, is um, is a very small community. Very small. Oh, yeah. Very small community. So even you can be the, you can be top of the tier, you know, once you get to those sort of levels yourself, that, that, that fight world then becomes a little, it's, it's a tiny community, you know, and uh, you start pissing off top fighters and stuff, word soon gets about, and then, you know, that's when you start seeing these promotions start going downhill. And I think that's what we're going to see over the next few months, you know, especially as of late as well with this COVID shit and stuff like that. Let's see how big they are and let's see how loyal their fighters and fans are to them after you treat them like shit, you know? 
I think COVID has really kind of exposed a lot of organizations. Like if you're not doing events during the COVID era, it kind of, there's some questions in regards to who you are as a promotion. I mean, and that's the truth. Well, it's funny. Yeah. It, it, I, it came to mind. I wanted to say, the, somebody should just tell those those promoters, "You're no Dana White." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you, you can't yeah. act. Like, not everybody can act like that guy. But well, also, it, well, yeah. I think also I think a valid point as well, guys, is a lot of these um, smaller shows. There is some genuinely good promoters and good shows that hasn't got the backing that they, you know, they they probably need to keep going. But that's when when you're a loyal promoter and you're good to your fighters and you're good to the people around you, that's when times like this, the fighters and the people around you give you a bit of respect. They pick you up. They pick you up. Yeah, then they help you out. You know, they all help each other out. That's what I said. The fight world's a very small community, you know? So, um, um, but I think with these guys now, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't see them I don't see them. Uh, I think everyone else is moving forward and they're just staying stuck in the mud. So I don't think it's going to be long before, before uh, you know, the likes of the BKFC are going to be taking over the whole of, basically the whole of pretty much world dominance. In that's, the book, you know? that's the thing, like you were talking about before, the, especially for the guys, for, for, the, for the BKB, the, there was nowhere else to go. I mean, that, that was it. Yeah. If they treated you bad, what are you going to do? But but now there's options, you know. There's options. There, there's people there's, who are get, paying more money. Why would they not go to, especially uh, if you're going to treat me bad, and you're not going to pay me as much? That makes no sense. You, can't, you better yeah. have something to keep these people loyal, and they don't have it right now. Obviously, when I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not that way inclined, but I will say this when obviously when I sign with BKFC, I can pretty much guarantee you pretty much the, the, the inboxes I got off of certain fighters, like that they're, they're not looking to stay, you know. So, that well, people, people, people's had enough shit off of them, yeah, and, and also other people want to. Bare knuckle boxing is a hard sport, you know. It's it's on your face. Let let's let's be honest, you know, it is a brutal sport, and more likely you are going to take facial damage, you know what I mean, for the rest of your life, you know. So yeah. you want paying for this shit, and these guys don't even pay. They treat their fighters like shit. They act like they're the best leading promoters in the world, but they they literally pay their fighters trash, trash, you know. A lot, well, a lot of them can't even afford to have a week off of work to train for a fight because, you know, I know, I know, but it's just, yeah. I, I don't well, here, here, and, and, you like know, Mark, no, no, no. And, and you know, Mark, I, I've seen some of the online commentary that they have said towards you, and you're much more professional here than they are than they were with you in a yeah. social media setting because it was. I mean, I even called Chris just shocked at what I was reading. However. If they're the kings of Europe, then why haven't they left, you know, the O2? Why aren't they in Manchester? This you, is you know, the other thing as well. Right? They're, not, so, they're not moving around. This is the other thing as well. So this is the catch. They say, oh, yeah, we're fighting in the O2, the O2. Everyone thinks the O2 is the O2 where the UFC... It's the side, yeah, right? it's a side area. You've got the O2 and the UFC fight. So I fought in the O2 with the UFC. That's like... I think there's about 20,000 um, feet of capacity. <laughs> so they advertise this show, we're fighting in the O2-O2. But little do, they, do they, do they, little do they tell everyone is the O2 Indigo, which is a little tiny section of the O2, which 2,000 feet <laughs> Um, they pack it, you know. They, they they do. They have a good crowd, and you know what? They have a good product. You, you're never going to hear yeah. me bad mouth them in regards to their product and their promote and you know what what they put together. But you know, moving forward, you then you know you've got the first recognized heavyweight title. Yeah. So then you go to the Valor, where you're in a tournament like uh, the Ken Shamrock's promotion. It was one and done, unfortunately, yeah. and it was done inside a pit where you beat Jack May and Mighty Mo. Yeah. How difficult was that tournament for you? Um, do you know, um, like I said, I'm so glad I had that fight with Mickey. And in a way, I'm so glad it did go the whole five rounds because I learned, being an experienced fighter, you know, I think I've had, in all different disciplines, I've probably had 35 to 40 pro fights now. And like, that's all kickboxing, boxing, MMA. Um, 
but like that, the experience I gained in that one fight with Mickey, that doing those five rounds was second to none, because it changed my whole mindset on my attitude going into another bare knuckle boxing fight, and I knew going into that fight that I had to get in there on that first fight and it was kill or be killed because I knew if I took damage in that first fight, going into the second fight, like, is is not going to be good. So my my attitude was, after having that first fight with Mickey, was if I'm going into this tournament and it's two fights in one night, I can't go to war in that first fight. I've literally got to go in there and swing for the fences and take this guy out as quick and as fast as I can. And that was my game plan. And my game plan was to actually take Jack May out as quick as I can, throw these hard, heavy shots. About 20 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. And then then also, um, I was hoping and praying that Mighty Mo and Sokaju had a three-round war. Because I because because and then and they had and it, it it couldn't have worked out any better, you know. What I mean, they had a three round war. And Mighty Mo was quite beaten up going into the second one. I was there, <laughs> and then and it worked out perfect. So, um, how was it but, fighting in that pit though? Um, just like it was just like fighting behind the school bike sheds at fucking school. <laughs> Everyone, the, the, you know what I mean? It was um, no ropes, no no hiding. You couldn't rope a dope you couldn't sort of like spin off the ropes it was just like you're there and the whole pit sort of it caved in a little bit so like so you're always falling in towards each other does that make sense but um, yeah that was weird i i i got to admit i liked the format i did i, I did like the format i enjoyed it so bare knuckle boxing in general can go really quick like yeah. you can do 10 fights in 20 minutes including the ring entrances because of how fast you can burn through them because just the carnage is so quick. Yeah. That pit seemed to even make that faster. Would you not agree yeah. with that? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Apart from Mighty Mo and Sokaji, I'm pretty sure most of the fights were like first round knockouts on there. <laughs> I, think Ishe sure Smith, I think Ishe Smith went into the second round. Oh, yeah. 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 He fought, um, was it Est- Estebar? Is it Esteban or... I just come off the top of my AFC head. Before in the past, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, but again, he uh, he 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 boxed, didn't he? He didn't really go in there to take someone's head off. He just stuck to his yeah. jab and move game plan. So, but I'm pretty sure next time he fights, he wouldn't stick to that. Because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure. for sure. All right, so you you walk away with that title as well. So now yeah. we've got a guy with two recognized belts. And a tournament win, which I mean, gives you automatic credibility. Yeah. Now, and now here on the states, we have a belt that was in tournament fashion. Arnold Adams wins it, loses it to Chase Sherman, who loses to Joey Beltran. Like yeah. the way these two belts were set up, you can sit here and argue all day long in regards to which one is the actual real world champion. When you come to BKFC, like. How, how many matches before you think you get a title shot to, to unify what it is that you well, believe is yours? I was ready twice. I've been lined up to fight Joey now straight in for the title shot to unify. Basically, to, it's like, in my eyes, it's like a, uni- it's a unification belt. 100%. Uh, so there's, important. There's, there's four, in my eyes, there was four big belts in the world of Bernacle Boxing. And that was the Valor Tournament, the um, BKB title, the Police Gazette belt, and the BKFC belt. I own two of them. Joey owns another two. Or, you know, and I think I don't think there's another fight out there that makes more sense. No. Like, there is, it's almost like a unification belt. I don't think there's any other fight that makes sense. And, and the thing is, as well, if you look at the guys I've beat, to get those belts, I haven't beat Bums, you know. I beat Mighty Mo, one of the best strikers ever. Jack Mike, May. Mickey Parker. Mickey Parker. Yeah, I was, I was just getting to Mickey. Jack May. Um, Jack May is, you know, UFC vet, Bellator vet, but also uh, um, uh, uh, a striking wizard, you know. He's a K1 guy. So, and then and then getting to Mickey Parker. A lot of people probably over in the States don't know Mickey Parker, but Mickey Stop. Parker is one tough dude. 
you know. The guys, I think he's like five and one in bare knuckle boxing. He's one of the best bare knuckle boxers in the UK. And and like I said, no disrespect, Mickey, because I do get on with the guy. He's a good guy. But his style isn't the greatest, but the guy's there in your face from start to finish. I, If you watch that fight, I caught him with an uppercut. I hit him with an uppercut that could have knocked over a horse. He smiled at me, shook his head, and come forward. I was like, "What the fuck? I'm, I'm fighting Terminator." <laughs> well, I, I think another time you hit him with a right cross, where he like his whole body left the ground and he bounced against the, the ropes. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, you know, when you hit him with that, I'm like, "All right, well, there." I mean, good job, Mark. Oh, this fight's still going. It is, it yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah, kind of yeah. brings us to our next question. Like, you, you have been to both. You know, you fought bare knuckle on two continents. And um, what is the difference in talent between Europe and the United States, in your opinion? Um, there's, you know, uh, it's the same again. Like the thing, the thing. No disrespect to to to, to the American guys, but um, Bannock boxing in America is it's only just really come about. You know what I mean? It's and oh yeah. A lot of people probably won't like me saying this, but it is quite a fresh sport in the United States. True. Um, uh, when I, I, agree. When I say it, it's just been re- revived, shall I say, because it has been in the States for many years with John O'Sullivan and that, but it's only just been revived. So when it first started, obviously, without money being thrown into the organisation or having the backing that they probably needed, um, this I don't want to sound too disrespectful with this, but um, the, the, the calibre of fighters... Um, it's just grown and grown and grown now. The more money that's being pumped into BKFC now, look at the caliber of fighters they've got now. So a couple of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, I think we've probably got the touch on this because we're more experienced, i.e., um, you know, we've, we, we, we fight. It's a culture. Yes, it's a culture. Yes, it's a culture yeah. But now you've got guys top fighters coming over from the UFC, Bellator, pro boxers, and now they're specifically training for bare knuckle boxing. So the talent pool now has gone through the roof. And, and I've, I agree. I've noticed it as well. The talent pool in the BKFC has gone through the roof. But there's also, um, I think what what you guys need to realise, so to speak, is a lot of uh, these bare knuckle boxers in the UK have been doing it and they're very experienced and, and it's been sort of an underground sport here for a very long time. It's always been here. So, um, in, in a way you can compare it, in, in a way you can compare it to like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Brazil, it is their sport. And now there's yeah. gyms and everything in the States and champions, but it's always theirs. And BK, you know, bare knuckle is always going to be British in, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this, you know, you've got the Police Gazette belt last owned by um, John L. Sullivan, but they, <laughs> they keep forgetting to tell you about the, like, 25 other British heavyweights that well, own that sort of title before that, you know what I mean? Well, well, Mark, um, the greatest, the, the first world champion is, is Jem Mace. I mean, Gypsy yeah. Jem Mace, who, yeah, I mean, there should be, like, a literal Netflix series on that guy's life. Like, it's, his life story is incredible. So, you well, think, I, go ahead. So yeah, I, th- I think as so I'm getting back, getting back to the question, um, I- I'm not gonna stand here and say, yeah, we're definitely better than, you know, you, you American guys and that because that would be stupid to say that because, like I said, the talent now that's in the BKFC is um, is phenomenal. The same as some of the UK fighters. So what I would absolutely love, and and if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't know which way. To put it, but obviously being British, I got back to British, and I but like <laughs> imagine a full card from top to bottom oh. of like British versus America, just like American. And you think if, if, if David Feldman can get that sort of card on, you think of the you think of the mass the bigger audience you're gonna attract with that, just that card alone, just through it being full Britain versus uh the USA, you know, that's gonna bring a massive audience. You're gonna bring boxing fans, traditional boxing fans over. You're gonna you're just gonna bring casuals over that like, you know, because they're gonna watch, oh but this is like UK versus USA. We don't care it's what it's huge. It It'd be I huge. Think it's gonna be huge. And I, and I don't think we're too far off, you know, get this COVID shit out of the way. I don't think we're too far off no. having that sort of card. Well you know, you know, Mark, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so Mark, here's the real question. So Chris Lytle. Has Dave Yo. Feldman ever told you about going to Europe with this? 
Man, he talks about going all over the place. There's, yeah, we've talked about going over to England. I thought for sure that was going to happen. Then COVID happened. I, we haven't haven't heard. They're going talks there. About, huh? They're going there. Yeah. Oh, they've talked about it. Yeah, like I said, uh, it's hard to tell right now because everything's uh, – we can't get all the states here to let us in right now. So yeah. the um, whole world's on hold. It, it just yeah. – it's, it's, everything's on hold, like you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. Sp- speaking of other talent that's come over, uh, Tyler Goodjohn was another deflection with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. How well do you think he's going to do over here? I think I think he's I think Tyler's one of these guys. He's a, he's sort of a love me hate me character, right? But yeah. you know what? That's a good inviting because if they hate you, people pay to fucking see you get beat, and if they love yeah. you, they pay to see you get beat. So he's sort of got it all going on, Tyler. He's um, but I like. Take take away his character and his personality. Um, his boxing's phenomenal. His head movement's phenomenal. His boxing's phenomenal. He's very slick. Um, I think anyone that steps in the ring with him is gonna gonna have a hard game. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long night. Yeah, yeah. as well with Tyler being British and stuff. Um, the only slight difference with uh, BKFC and normal boxing is the half tie. They call it the, the half plum clinch, yep. you know, where you can grab over the back of the head and uppercut stuff like that. But, you know, I am British and any opportunity I can get to work with Tyler on those little things, I will do so. And then, you know, you know yourself, those things can be nullified with just a couple of simple techniques. So, well, yeah, that is what I think they, he's going to do very well. That's something I was going to ask you about, Mark. The rules are a little bit different. So, um, you know, somebody with good head movement and, and, and very slick boxing can be negated sometimes by a good, hard-nosed, tough wrestler guy or MMA yeah. guy who can get in there and rough them up. I, I, you being the MMA guy very much, I, you're going to be fine with that. Um, but yeah. do, do you think Tyler will be as good with that as you? I think this, this suits you just fine. I'm not sure with a slicker the boxer is. The, the, the more the easier it's going to be to get a, a tough gritty guy like a Jim Allers or somebody like it as just I'm yeah. going to get inside and beat you. I mean, is that something you, you think is a concern for him? And, and let's, let's not beat around the bush. So, you know, if anyone that's going to be fighting Tyler, I'm going to try and implement that clinch and uppercut. It's <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. easy go to. The guy's an absolutely phenomenal boxer. You're allowed to a certain degree, sort of like a, a sort of rest, wrestling, sort of Muay Thai half clinch. So yep. if, if, if you've got a guy where he's not used to that, what, what's the first thing you're going to try and go to, you know? So, um, but like I said, um, obviously he is British, so I have got to sort of stand by him a little bit. So if I get a chance <laughs> to work with him, and and then like you know, I'm always up for learning. I'm always up for learning. Yeah. So if I can get up to Tyler and he can, you know, teach me how to move my head a bit, the same someone else don't look like it does for much longer. <laughs> then, and then and I could hopefully show him a few things as well, you know. But um, yeah, that's you know, I I do. I do genuinely think that um, it is something he has got to address. Yeah, definitely. Because, again, it's a brand new technique for him. And it is a different level, different side, different game. When you've got, you know, yourself, Chris, with um, wrestling background and stuff, when you've got these guys on you, not so much against a cage, but against a rope, and they're leaning on you, and they've got hold of you, and they're hitting you, and that it's fucking tiring. And if you're not used to that, or you don't know how to nullify those positions, it, yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, it, it can be a hard night in the office. Uh, yeah, let, let me ask you a quick question: uh, with the BKFC, they've got about thirteen shows under their belt now, and we here at the podcast have been very impressed with their yeah. uh, production. You know, it's a beautiful show. It shows real well on on even a phone and television and stuff like that. Um, their production value is real high. I, I, how would you describe the British production for fans that haven't seen it here? Um, comparable what, or... What, 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 you mean comparing the two? Yeah. There, there is no comparison. Because the reason... Yeah, well, yeah. one of the reasons that came up, and I'll just to elaborate for 10 seconds, is... In New York, you had Madison Square Garden, and then you had the Fell Forum, which was like the off-to-the-side theater. But, there, you know, even though they're in the Indigo, 
there is some, you know, it's still the indigo. It's like there are a lot of bare knuckle guys that probably thought they'd never get to the indigo. You know what I yeah. mean? So there is yeah. some prestige. Then then they fuck it up by being dicks about it. But but it, <laughs> it, you know, uh, compare it because you gotta be you gotta have some shit together to be in the indigo. You know what I mean? It's like. You you watch my name being slagged off all over the BKB forum tomorrow. You watch. <laughs> but you know, you know, Mark. I mean, I, I I can expand, but I won't. You know, but like, I watched somebody that who I consider a friend that I've never met before, but somebody that I've communicated online and was a soldier of theirs. Did all their dirty work, got all their little inboxes, you know, teased all their little competition, and they they would send him off to do that, and then a little bit of it in his background, you know, comes to light and maybe he, you know, did make some good life choices, which yeah. I don't think anybody that's boxing bare knuckle, I think 95% <laughs> of those people probably ran astray of the law or maybe weren't proud of yeah. any moment they've ever had in their life. Like, like I said earlier on, with my, my sure. story, I would have ended up in prison if I did so, fine. Of it's course. almost like a savior, you know? And, and so, now yeah, you're traveling about, the world. You're traveling yeah. the world, which is something that you never would have imagined yourself doing as a yeah. child. And rather than just go, all right, we got to part ways, you know, and just kind of keep it quiet. It was, hey, guys, let's all make fun of this individual that's done a solid after solid after solid. And let's poke fun of them. Let us help you bury this guy. And it's like, you don't do that to your soldiers, man. You you just whether you agree with his actions or not, just part ways. Yeah. Why make why make a public display of it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's how they do business. No, but that's 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 how they are. They're like child. They're, I'll tell you what they are. I'll tell you what exactly what they are. They're two public schoolboys that's got a couple of little gangsters behind them that think you know they just love a bit of violence and think they're protected. I, I don't what? want to go too deep. What here? Well, Mark, like my head's going like okay, this. Wait, 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 Mark, me? <laughs> Mark, Mark, you've got to live there. You said a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I would like to expand on that yeah so when somebody's a gangster okay first i i was there i i cornered shoney carter at one of the events and i saw what was going on over there and i pulled james freeman dove aside and i said you know man when you have these people around you and you flaunt this type of attitude all you're doing is bringing attention to yourself and it's yeah. attention that you're not going to want one day and yeah. In essence, if you're a real gangster, people notice it. They say it. But when you have to surround yourself with them and they're on your payroll, that's not a real reputation. That's, a, that, that's something you've purchased. Yeah. You, you've not earned that. You've purchased it. And when you've yeah. purchased it, when those checks go away, so do they. And so does you become exposed as of what you really are. I, yeah. I've seen it. Like it's, I'm not fooled. I'm not fooled by it. Yeah. So I, I, you've said a lot. I've said a lot and I'm going to be in Europe again, you know, supporting bare knuckle. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm not running from anybody either. So right. I apologize. Chris, go ahead. Well, Mark, I just wanted to uh, say, first of all, I, I'm very excited. We got you and Tyler coming over. Um, you know, I know you guys are, are, you know, British and you say from that side, but I mean, Hey, I'm just here for I'll tell I you you personalities. Pardon me. And also as well, British guy, he's training in Tampa no, Coconut Creek, Florida, is Jake Brutal Boswick. I'm looking forward to him. That guy can bang, man. He can bang. <laughs> he's he's on the card as well. So he's just oh, trying right to be catchy. So there's another British guy there as well. Look, so you, you know, uh, Amer- American Top Team is actually opening a part of their gym dedicated yes. only to bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, I know. Thiago Alves told that for his last fight. Right, yeah, that's what's going to help this sport grow. But no, I'm just. You know, the, the best thing we can have for, you know, the bare knuckle to grow is, is good personalities, you know, so you guys yeah. bring that to the table. That's where a huge force. Um, hold on. Sorry. I, okay. I, I, anyway. I, really fast. Go let ahead, me jump in. I saw, I saw that you fought on a card. Uh, I think it's one of your bare knuckle cards. Did Brad Pinkett do, do bare knuckle? Yeah. Yeah. He, he fought on the same, the same card as I fought on. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah, Brad, um, Brad was in. He fought on one of my MMA shows earlier on in his career, and it was interesting. We were just starting to do social media stuff, and we were going to give like a, a a prize to the fighter that had the most social media, and it was like thirty guys, 
and a couple of guys got to a couple of hundred hits, and Pickett had like twenty five thousand. So <laughs> yeah. he, he took home all the money. And the only other the only other guy that mastered that was Chael Sonnen. So the like yeah. the yeah. Brits the Brits can be way ahead of, of of the Americans on a different on a couple of different levels if they want to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Mark, I know. When I retired from the UFC, didn't fight for about six years, came back and did a couple bare-knuckle fights because, you know, you talked about it earlier. Um, man, my body couldn't go through a camp for MMA. My back, my shoulder, yeah. just going through the wrestling, the grinding, the jiu-jitsu, then the stand-up. I come into the gym here, I do two hands of punching, hit the mitts for a while, spar, jump rope. It's over. So much easier. Do you feel that on your body? It's so much easier? 100%, Chris, honestly. Um don't get me wrong, I, you still train just as hard, but what's, what's the right way to put it? I train just as hard as what I would if I was training for an MMA fight, but it's not as hard on your body, if that makes sense. You oh, know yeah. I, mean? I, haven't got, I haven't got the bending of the knees. I haven't got, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of you know, the jujitsu and the wrestling was really hard on my knees. And like you said, I don't know about you, but like I used, I started suffering with my lower back and stuff coming oh, yeah. as well, you know, lower back, my knees, and then, um, but uh, yeah, the the is is it, I, I don't want to say I'm, I was slacking because I do train just as hard, but it's a different type of training which isn't so hard on your body, which is which is a godsend, you know, you know yourself, the wrestling. And jujitsu is, you know, eighty percent of your injuries is that's where they pretty much come oh, yeah. from, isn't they? You know, like the punches and cuts and stuff, they can they can heal. These sort of things can heal. But like when you got torn ligaments and bulging discs in your back and stuff like that, <laughs> then that like you know that that don't that don't heal well, you know. And when you're getting bent up and screwed about wrestling and jujitsu and stuff, it, it, it's inevitable that that's just gonna happen all the time so um yeah definitely mate uh the that's i think that's why a lot of uh you see a lot of i say a lot of older fighters but a lot of fighters not so much older but towards the end of their mma careers they're looking at bare knuckle boxing now because they're not mentally and physically they're not done with fighting they're the done. Well, mentally and physically i'm not done with fighting i've still got a few years left in me but i want to prolong it so if i can prolong it by doing bare knuckle boxing and i don't have to do the wrestling side of it and that now and i can still put food on the table to feed my kids then yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna go down that route you know so um Everyone loves a bit of a scar, don't they? So. <laughs> I don't know if they love them, but I got plenty of them, so I hope yeah. you with them. <laughs> um, so, so as you're, you know, I remember the first fight time I had a bare knuckle fight. I just felt, in a way, only way I can describe is I felt naked out there. I mean, punch is kind of like yeah. shit. This is different. So, but as you get used to it, it gets a little different. Would you say? I mean, you've picked up on a lot of different things. Even with, like, even when I train now, I, I think of things, especially body punches in particular, like yeah. hurt more with, with bear. So, are you to feel like you're really developing as a true bare knuckle fighter now? Yeah, 100%. I would say my hands now, my hands, I would say, are twice as good as what they were when I was doing MMA. And I think wow. the reason why is because I've spent twice as long developing my hands. So, it, naturally, they are going to be a lot better. Um, and, um, it's, it, it, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I've, I also found as well, you know, you were saying with the, with the, um, the punches and stuff, if, if I can just tap on this and, you know, you said, um, you had sort of had to adjust the first time you felt like naked. I can yeah. remember, um, when I first, my first ever bare punch I took off of Mickey Parker, I got jabbed. And it was just, I, I walked straight onto a jab. First punch ever, like, so, oh, you know, I've had street fights and stuff. Not proud of it, but, you know, we have. And um, when they hit me with that jab, in my head, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? This ain't, this ain't a glove. This is a, and, and the pain was just completely different. And, and it was almost like I had to reset my head there and then during the fight as if to say, right, this is what this feels like. You either get on with it or you fucking back out now. You know, and it was almost like it was. I I can all I can remember it. The first jab I took, it was like I was having an argument with myself. 
in yeah. the ring. Do I want to fucking do this shit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, people say to me as well. I don't know. I don't know if you um, you say you've had a couple as well, Chris. Um, but I don't. I don't know if you agree. But people say to me, "What does it feel like being punched with no gloves on?" And and how I describe it, I say, "So you know when you slam your finger in a door and you got that shot." you know jumping up and down I said that's what it's like being punched with no glove on it's like that sort of pain and you have to uh, you have to adjust to it you know if you ain't got if you ain't mentally prepared for that sort of pain um, you may as well not not do it you think you've got to be a little bit at this point aren't you <laughs> you know you know Mark when I first started, got involved with uh, not Bernacle with, with MMA it wasn't even MMA back then. They called it NHB, No Holds Bar. You know, I started in the 90s. And so uh, people looked at you like you were crazy when you said you fought in the cage. They kind of would back away and kind of hold their kids and put them behind you and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. um, it had this kind of forbidden fruit type of, of feel. Uh, yeah. That's That's been gone with MMA for a while. So I don't even know if you got into it, um, if that was even there. I don't know if that's how it felt. That is one thing that I love about the bare knuckle boxing now. I mean, it gets, it's kind of that same feel. People look at you like you're doing what, you know? So that's where I think a lot of people, you get that um, MMA is kind of more mainstream now. This is the next level. Uh, and I kind of, I had it before, so I need it again. It makes me feel good to be involved with this sport. And I'm, I'm kind of loving that. Do you feel that kind of new age um, thing you're doing? Yeah, 100%. I feel like, um, especially now, um, you know, without being big-headed, um, you know, the, over the last few fights I've had in Bernaco, I have kind of made a big name for myself now. I've oh, yeah. cemented my way. And um, I feel sure. like now I'm, I'm at, I feel like I'm at a part of history now. Like it's a yeah. new, it's a new era. Like the UFC was back in the day when that first uh -huh. came out. Like you said, Chris, the no hold spot. And, and like, remember when the UFC first came about and, and it was literally style on style. It's, it's got that sort of build to it again. It's like a whole new um, sport, even though it's an old school sport, one of the oldest, but it feels <laughs> like it's a whole new sport that's been revived. And that's what we've gone back to, the beginning of the UFC days. And I can only see it going one way, just expanding, getting bigger. And, and I am, like, I've got a butt, like, my hair's are stood up on end now. Again. <laughs> my, my hair's, it is, it's like a whole new buzz about it, you know? Um, and, and it has, it's, re, it's reignited that spark in me as well, you know? Um, you can... When, when you've been doing the same thing for years and years, I don't know if you've felt the same, Melissa, not Chris, but you do sort of lose a little bit of passion for it, you know, because, and then that's how I sort of went a bit with MMA. And then this come about and I felt like a whole new kid again. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's, do it. let's get in there. Let's scrap. I love it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I know we talked about you fighting, you know, Joey Beltran. Um, I know they just signed uh, Frank Mir. Have they talked to you about fighting? I mean, do, do you have a, a, a person for sure you're going to fight yet, or do we even know what's going on with you? Come on, no, man. no, I haven't. I haven't. But do, do you know what? Um, this this is my views on things. You get a lot of people. They turn around and say, "Oh, I don't want to fight this guy yet. I'm not ready for this guy. I'm not ready for that guy." This is my views, and it's always been my views. Um, I get paid for fighting. That's my job. So if the promoter says to me, this is the guy you're fighting, that's the guy I'm fighting. I don't give yeah. a shit who it is. I really don't. I swear to you. I'll yeah. fight any heavyweight on that, on that, you know, any heavyweight on that roster, I will fight. You know, like without a second, you put the contract in front of me, I'll fight them. I don't, I don't, that's what I get paid to do, you know. I don't get paid to say, yes, no, I'm not ready for this guy. I get paid to fight. <laughs> so they offer me a guy to fight. That's that's who I fight, like, you know? So um, I built a I career off of it. You know, it hasn't always gone my way, but I've always jumped in with whoever they've put in front of me. And it's sort of, it's gone my way in the long run because I've known, I've been known for... It has value. It has value, fight, you know? For sure. Mark, yeah. Mark I always had a, a problem. Like, I could never turn down a fight because I felt like in my head... As a fighter, you have to be delusional in a way. And I've talked about this with these guys. And you have to feel like you can beat anybody at any given time. So if I'm turning down fights mentally, I'd be done where I couldn't. How could you fight anybody then if you don't think you're the best in the world? So 
I feel like you, man. If you offer me something, I need to say yes. What else? I mean, I don't care if I just, you know, I made really bad decisions when I should have taken fights, but I took them. You know, I didn't always win them, but that's what we do. No, yeah, no, fight, fight, at, yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, you, you know, both, both you and Chris seem to have that, that part of the, that you'd probably be fighting if there was no money in it, you know, as a hobby or as a, as a pursuit, but yeah. it is a business. Frank Mir, real good, big name, no experience in bare knuckle. Or would you be getting them at the right time? To, that's got to be maybe the most appealing match for you. I'd fight Frank Mir at a drop of a hat, but will, fight, will Frank Mir fight me? When there's no jiu-jitsu <laughs> or wrestling involved, will Frank Mir fight me? That's the question. So, <laughs> this isn't, you know, this is, this is the difference now. This isn't MMA. This isn't kickboxing. This isn't BJJ. This isn't wrestling. This is bare knuckle boxing. You've got to stand with me and fight with just your hands. So, is Frank Mir up for fighting me? I'm up for fighting Frank Mir. So, man, man, Chris Lytle. Does this yeah. interview get you excited? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can't wait, man. I'm going oh, to see these fights happen tonight so we can move on. I can't wait. I can't wait, man. <laughs> hey, man, I, Mark, I got to be honest with you. I'm super happy you're coming over. Uh, yeah. Big fan of what you're doing. Couldn't thank so, you enough. I mean, if you guys uh, just just uh, thank you for being here with us, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. And like I said, mate, fanboy, followed you for years. <laughs> I mean, so it, it's, it's, mate, it's an honor, honestly, to, to finally be – sat here with like to you guys and uh you know giving you my views and opinions and you giving me yours is is, is great man really is good awesome well, thank I you Mark. i promise you i'm gonna go back right now i'm gonna talk to uh, uh dave Feldman. i'm gonna get this shit worked out today so yes <laughs> yes november december he's coming i don't know i gotta get something worked out that's my goal now 100 so. <laughs> awesome. let, let, let me ask you mark too one, one last thing though because of the bet we're trying to you know do you see like this expansion of bare knuckle? And we were talking about the talent pools here and there. I think you also mentioned one thing in there that is a difference. You got guys professionally training for this now, as opposed to taking, yeah. you know, after work going in and getting some time in and stuff like that. Yeah. Talk about how huge a difference that is for the professionalism, you know, so that you're actually, you know, presenting something that looks a new level because it really does. It really doesn't look, you know, that barn fighting with the stuff definitely has its appeal and stuff, but I don't know that yeah. that's, you know, it's got to go jump. And I think we're there. I think we're just about there. God beer versus Frank beer is a marquee fight. Huge fight. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, that fight, it would be an honour to fight Frank in that fight. And and I, I would take it a drop of a hat, you know. Um, but like like I said, you know, uh, like Chris said as well, sometimes you've got to have self-confidence. I know I've got it, but it's Frank got self-confidence to fight me and just with no gloves on, with no jujitsu, no wrestling, and just stand and bang with me, you know. So I think that one's down to Frank. He knows where I'm at. He knows I'm game. If he wants to make a name for himself in bare knuckle boxing, then I'm here. I'm I'm a two-time champion in bare knuckle boxing. So why not start at the top, Frank? You know. <laughs> That's Excellent. I, I happen to have been the the matchmaker for Frank Mir's first MMA fight way back <laughs> when. So maybe we should try to ask him. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'd excellent. love to see it, Mark. And I we wish you a lot of luck in everything you do, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you.